0: Love Talk Radio. You might see me moving Hello, everyone, and thank you for tuning in to Help for HD Live. Help for HD Live is brought to you by Help for HD International and is made possible by an education grant from Teva Pharmaceuticals and the Griffin Foundation. I am your host, Katie Jackson, and today we are going to be doing a show um, that's kind of focused on COVID-19 and going to the ER. So uh, we are going to jump into the show and talk about what an ER visit may look like um, if you have to go to emergency services uh, during this pandemic. But also going into the show, I just wanted to kind of disclaimer it and let um, everyone know that obviously the CDC and all um, federal government health agencies are putting out recommendations. But the guidelines are actually decided by local government. So this may not be exactly the protocol that you may go through um, with your local um, uh, Uh, emergency services because it may be different in your state. Um, But at least we can kind of look and see what uh, it looks like and what different kind of precautionaries are being taken in the hospital setting from a story from North Carolina. So uh, we have Lauren Holder on with us again today, and she's going to be talking about not only does she work in the hospital um, in her town, but she also has had to go to emergency services with her father twice who has signing tents. So we're going to kind of talk about those two experiences and also what, um, what is happening in the hospital that she works in as well and the protocols they're taking. So welcome to the show again, Lauren. Thank you so much. Let's jump in and talk about – first, let's talk about your um, – the protocol more that you're you're finding from work, and then we'll talk about what happened with your dad. Sure. So um, most of the protocols uh, – and this is really important because I think most hospitals are doing this, at least in North Carolina. Um, so I would assume that most would be doing it, you know, everywhere, but um, – Most are putting in restrictions for visitors, right? So a lot of hospitals are going Mm -hmm. to have um, no visitors or they'll have very limited amount of visitors, um, such as one person or whatever. But I really want to stress if you go to the ER, especially in North Carolina right now, they're not allowing visitors. They will make exceptions, but they're very, very strict on those exceptions. Um, So I I really wanted to point out that even though we think that because we have power of attorney or guardianship that they'll make an exception, they won't necessarily make it if you can't make your case as to why you should be back there. Um, So at that point, they make you wait in your car. Um, And each hospital, so we've had two experiences with dad in the past, actually we've had three experiences in the past two weeks. Um, at different Mm -hmm. hospitals, and I'll go into that. But as far as um, restrictions at a hospital and in the ER, and that's something to consider, at least with with our um, facility, um, and I know as far as the ER, almost all the ERs are doing it, it is no visitors whatsoever except for um, if somebody has altered mental status or is combative and can calm the patient down. And that is the only exception they are making. They don't care if you have guardianship, power of attorney, any of that stuff. Um, mm-hmm. If e- even if you've got it and you can make the case, well, I've got legal guardianship. They will not let you in unless you can you can prove or state a case for altered mental status or the person being combative, um, and and you need to calm them like down. Um, So that's in North Carolina as far as hospital rules, too, um, very limited. They're not allowing visitors in our facility unless it's an ICU patient um, who is at end of life or, um, again, the altered mental status um, issue. So I think this is so important to stress, um, and I'm so glad that we're doing this show, because you may bring your loved one with HD into an emergency service situation, and – are, um, they are, they're fine when they first get there, right? They, they may be very calm, and to the person that's, you know, triaging them, they may say, well, they wouldn't be combative. They're very calm. But definitely, yep. I think having what Lauren's saying is a plan because they could become combative. They could become confused. They could become scared, especially when their caregiver leaves them, right, or they're ha- they're forced to go somewhere without their caregiver, their safe person, Um that they will become that. So stating that and being ready to state that case the second that the nurse uh, comes for triage, uh, I think is very important um, to make sure that they know they may not be yet, but they could become, right? Right. And that's something to, right, you want to be prepared. And this is why. So, we know with our HD loved one that they tend to be lucid and they can respond to questions, even if it's delayed. Um, Mm -hmm. but we also know that that can change in a heartbeat and each hospital, Mm -hmm. when, when they have that restriction, um, sorry, mom's trying to call me from the hospital. (laughs) Um, each hospital (laughs) that has that restriction, um, uh, we'll handle it differently. So some hospitals are really nice about it, right? They're going to tell you upfront, this is our, these are our restrictions. I'm going to ask you all the information right now, um, and then you're able to state your case, and they're going to listen to you. You're going to have other places. The nurse is going to go into triage and go, ask the loved one name and date of birth, and go, oh, well he can talk to me and he seems fine, so you you don't need to be here. Um, we have that sure. happen. Yes. So. Um, just be prepared. I would, um, honestly bring any legal documents you have. If you've got healthcare powers attorney, bring the document. If you've got legal guardianship, bring the document. Um, and then I would bring information on Huntington's disease because a lot yeah. of these places aren't going to know what it is. Well, and that's what I was just thinking, you know, and, and I know all of us have downloadable free, um, publications, Health for HD does on our website, um, about what is Huntington's, um, and then uh, even stuff on psychiatric. Um, uh, we also have our law enforcement and EMT uh, uh, publications and videos, and that EMT, that EMT brochure right now maybe um, because it does talk a lot about psychiatric, but it also talks about, you know, and It talks about swallowing. It talks about so much, and then it also talks about cognitive impairment. So, this, um, I'm so glad you said that, Lauren, because that, that publication is offered free for download, and we're still sending them out by mail. I know mail is a little tricky, but it does come in just a, um, a letter form. So we yeah, are, the brochure is in I the I would letter. highly, yeah. highly recommend taking it with you. If you have to make an ER visit, take that with you um, to give to the staff and the doctor because you've got to remember these ER doctors and these nurses – don't have experience in neurological diseases, right? They just see the gambit of stuff sure. and they treat, you know, they're they're there to treat the one issue, if it's pain, if it's, you know, a fall or whatever, but they don't necessarily know about the diseases because they don't specialize in it. And so we need to keep that in mind that sure. we have to educate as to why we need to be there to be an advocate for our loved ones. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So so tell us about some of the stuff that you've ran into because you've been, you've had to go to the hospital um, to emergency services now numerous times with your dad. So tell us some of the things that you ran into um, when you've been there. Yep. So uh, first time we took him, dad had two falls. Um, and he broke his ribs the first time, but we didn't know it because he doesn't complain of pain very often um, He's got a very high pain tolerance. So um, he was complaining of pain in his ribs, but we thought, you know, he said, well, you know, it's okay. It just hurts when I move. And he didn't really tell us how bad it was. So um, we didn't take him right away because we were worried about COVID um, and taking sure. him to the ER. So finally, a couple of days later, he, his, he was saying the pain was still the same. So we took him um, to the ER. They uh, came out and greeted mom and told her, you know, you can't go back with him because of COVID. We're, you know, not allowing visitors. They had a sheet of paper, and they got all of the information from her, um, asked her questions, and um, got her contact information and said, we will come out and update you, and if we have any other questions, we'll come out and talk to you and you can wait in your car. Um, So I was very worried about that, Um, but it was okay because they did communicate well. They were very friendly when we were asking questions. Um, I called and let them know that I had legal guardianship, and I tried to explain Huntington's to them and that he may seem okay, but he could, you know, He could get worse, and so they updated me about what they were doing at that point um, to let me know that they were doing a a scan and that he was okay and everything. So I was fine with that. They were very nice, very uh, good at communicating with us. Um, And they told us he had broken ribs. The the ER doctor specifically called me to talk to me about the fact that he needs to be in a wheelchair. She went over everything with me um, while he has these broken ribs. Um, At the same time, he had hurt his foot, but we just thought it was a cut on the foot and it was no big deal. We treated it at home. So he also, that same weekend, um, had his fistula infiltrated at dialysis and had a huge um, hematoma over his fistula. They couldn't do dialysis on him. And they told us that we needed to go to the ER um, and that um, they would meet like vascular surgery would meet us there so we they could place a uh, it's what it's called a permacath, um so they could do dialysis on in that way well we so it was a different ER um at the hospital we normally go to um but that we tried mm-hmm. to avoid because of covid and we knew that there were covid cases going in um so we had tried to avoid it but that didn't work um and they were extremely rude um, they would not listen they, we drove up. Um, I had to get to work. I asked. I specifically asked and I said, um, I have to get to work, but I'm legal guardian. And my dad has altered mental status because of Huntington's disease. And can you guys make an exception so my mom can go in as the primary caregiver and I can go to work and you guys can call me or whatever. And the person went and checked and she came back and said yes that they would make an exception, that mom could go, and everything. So they take him back to triage. The nurse asked him his name and date of birth, and because my dad was able to respond, she was not allowing one of us back. Well, I mean, at that point, I left work um, to come back over to the ER because they escorted my mom out. They called security on her when she asked for the nurse manager's phone number, um, to have her escorted out of the emergency room um, after she asked for the nurse manager's phone number to speak to somebody because she felt that she should be back there because he wasn't responding it like he normally does. Right. So Mm -hmm. they were extremely rude to us. Um, I, Nobody communicated with us. Nobody asked us any questions. A nurse never came out and asked us about his health conditions, about why we were there, about anything. Um, And I had to threaten to sign him out against medical advice um, in order to get anybody to communicate with me. So um, realize that each hospital handles this, situation differently during COVID and so this is why we have to be an advocate for our loved ones the third time was a lot better Um, we went to where I work and um, because he did have altered mental status after being this was the following day after taking him to um, that medical center Um, I had to take him to my work because um, he was not responding um, to questions at all so he was very altered off of his baseline, and we found that he had an infection in his toe from when he fell. And so um took him to my medical center, and they did about the same as the first place. They came out said, you know, you can't go back, ask all the questions. And when I got there, I told them about Huntington's. And I talked with the nurse, and she said, absolutely, you can come back here. If he's a high fall risk and you're going to make him calmer, then, yes, you're welcome back. And then when I had to go to work, she allowed my mom to go back. Um, So it was much better, and communication was better. So realize, too, that depending on what emergency room you go to, it depends on how they're going to treat you. Right, right. Yeah, very, very uh, key information right now. I don't think that, you know, emergency services are just that emergency, right? So we go into them in usually chaos and frantic because we're scared and we don't think in a normal, in our quote unquote normal world, we would go to the ER, we go to the ER emergency services and sit and talk to them and do this. Now it's different. It's a whole different ballgame. So yes. we have to become, we have to go in more prepared. We have to go in with. With stuff on HD, with all of our paperwork, and with our advocate voice for our loved one. Um, so they're not just shoved back in a room all by themselves, sitting back there uh, with anxiety and, and everything building because they don't have their safe person with them right. helping yes, them through it's it. very, very different right now. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Because you also have to go and sit out in your car, and you don't know if that facility is going to call you because each facility has a different protocol on communication. So, like, the one that the second one that we went to, they sent text messages, but they never told us they were going to send us text messages. <laughs> so we didn't know um, that they would send these text messages updating. But the thing was they weren't even correct. They said they were going to put him as an inpatient, but he never went inpatient. Discharged him, so it was really confusing um, as to sure. where the other medical centers um actually came out and talked with us, or they would call us. So, you know, just realize, yeah, you're not there to actually go and see the nurse and say, oh, well, this is what's going on with him right now. Or if you notice, like for me, being in in a room with Dad in the ER, I could tell that he wasn't at his baseline. So. Um, which was a surprise for us because I thought maybe it was from broken ribs and being on hydrocodone, but he hadn't taken his hydrocodone that day. Um, hmm So he was. So off you know, as the caregiver. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So I told his nurse, I was like, "Something is wrong. He is not acting normal. He's not at his baseline." But we can't do that during COVID because we're not in the room unless we advocate to be there. Right. Exactly. Well, very, very good show. And um, do you have any final thoughts, Lauren, before we hop off here? No. um, Well, the only thought I have is if you guys have any questions, please feel free to reach out, Um, especially if you're having to deal with the hospital admission. I'm happy to talk about that as well. Dad is hospitalized right now, um, and we are still dealing – I think we're dealing with some delirium just because it's been so much um, on him. Um, And, you know, and it's hard telling – that's another thing. And another show we should probably do is how do you tell delirium, you know, from progressive of, of HD, progression of HD? Because there is a difference. Right. And, um, right. you know, it, it's really hard. And so if anybody has questions about that, please, please feel free to reach out. Um, I'm happy to talk about it. And if you've got questions about hospitalizations or, you know, ER visits, especially in North Carolina, um, I'm well, you know, I'm happy to talk about that as well. She is well versed right now. And yeah, and her her to get a hold of Lauren you can just it's just her first name, L A U R E N at help for H D. H. E. L. P the number for hd.org. Um oh, yeah, right? My gosh. Yeah. My I, you could tell that <laughs> that's our email, right? No. Um it is. Oh so <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so reach out to Lauren for anything um, when it comes to ER visits or any you know questions about that. If you're having to go in, remember as is always with HD, we have to have a game plan. We have to have our toolkit. That's kind of just how we we live our lives in general. So this is um, that is elevated right now. So make sure you have your toolkit. Make sure you have your information on HD, all your paperwork ready to go in case there is an emergency crisis that you um, can go in and advocate the best that you know the best you possibly can for your loved one. Help for HD is always here to offer you any publications. We have EMT. Publications. We have law enforcement publications. We have what is Huntington's disease publications. So we can help you stock that toolkit um, and get it ready to go for um, the EMT one's great because it's specifically focused. It was written by medical professionals, and it's specifically focused on questions that they may ask so um, or questions they may have that they may not ask. So um, make sure we let us help you stash your, your toolbox up um, for anything that you need. And I think that is it. Next week we will be um, talking, uh, Lauren did an interview um, on a uh, family that has a loved one in a care facility and things that they're doing and things they're experiencing. We're going to continue kind of on this uh, track of talking about COVID and families and what they have come up with and what they're living through each other and learning through each other on um, families that have had to go through uh, these situations like Lauren and uh, learning from each other on how we can, if we have these same things happen on um, on ways to navigate through these different uh, experiences we may experience right now with COVID-19. Um, so I think until then, um, just kind of an update on how for HD our relief fund is now um, at closed. Um, We may temporarily open it uh, in a little bit because we may have more funds, but we were able to help many families, um, and it was fast. The turnaround was really fast, so um, I'm proud of Help for HD uh, for that program for sure. The money has already been sent out. The relief has been sent out, and families should have already received that, Um, so that um, that is great. Uh, it was a great program. Make sure um, you uh, tune in next week for the show on Wednesday at 1 o'clock uh, Pacific Standard Time. And also, if you haven't checked out Help for HD uh, TV yet, please check us out on YouTube. Make sure you subscribe to the channel and ring the bell so you see um, the most latest updates. We will be doing a show this Friday on law enforcement and all of the free um, things that we offer as a company to our community, uh, as a nonprofit to our community, um, so we can help you because we do know that behaviors and anxiety are very high right now. So, um, th- that's more tools that we offer um, for free and support we offer for free to our community. So, we are going to talk about some of those um, and how you guys can get those packets and um, if you want them in the mail or if you want them downloaded because you don't want to receive mail right now. Either way, we got you covered. Until, week, until next week, everyone, stay safe and stay well.